0: Welcome to the In Her Power Podcast. My name is Carrie Ann Appleton. I'm an empowerment coach, a Reiki master, and a yoga teacher. But most importantly, I am a human being and a spiritual being just like you. I started this podcast to bring more awareness, more tools, and more resources to help you feel more in your power to live a more expansive life. Now, I've been doing this journey of personal growth and development for over 10 years now and I'm just going to tell you right now I'm a junkie. I'm a junkie but because of this work I have a a huge expanse of life which is just amazing and the reason why I do it is not because I want to make my life more amazing. The reason why I do it and why I do this podcast and why I do the work is I want to help more amazing women like yourself live a more authentic life. Feel more in their in their power, in your power, and feel more expansive, okay? So if you're here listening to this podcast, then I imagine you are curious to learn more. Or maybe you feel stuck and you don't know where to start. Or maybe you have had this kind of itching feeling, that little ping in the back of the mind of like, wow, there's got to be more out of life than what's currently unfolding for me. So I'm going to say embrace the curiosity embrace the curiosity that is wanting to emerge here and step into your expansiveness. In this episode I talk with my dear friend Kira who I actually met and she'll tell you through a retreat that I did. I didn't know her very well. But what I love about Kira's story it's kind of like an eat pray love her version of it. Well, you know where she does travel and I just want to say that if you really resonated with Kira's story It doesn't mean you have to go out on your own kind of journey in terms of traveling around the world like Kira did. You can go on your own journey even from your own home in your backyard. So keep that in mind as you listen to my conversation with Kira, and I really, really hope you enjoy it. Okay, I'm really excited about this episode because I'm here with Kira Geary, and she... (laughs) We just had this conversation offline about her pronunciation of her last name. So hopefully, I got it right. But the point being is that I wanted to do some episodes um, of my new podcast, In Her Power, to talk about with, with like they're all real women I'm talking with, but women who are on the journey that are more maybe relatable to my audience about the process they are have gone through or are going through in terms of standing in their power and i thought kira would be great because just the backstory a little bit i met kira three years ago now um a little over three years ago here in brazil to an international group and i had decided at that time that i wanted to like try out hosting a retreat to see if i like wanted to really be in this work and kind of dabble in it so i pulled seven women together, including myself, um, and brought them to the mountains for a weekend of connecting with nature, connecting with themselves and connecting with other women. And through that I met Kira even I mean, we had met before but I got to know her on a deeper level. And she had a really transformative experience through that, um, which was kind of mind blowing for me because I was like, Oh, I'm just dabbling in this so it was kinda of cool to see. And I won't tell you all the story because that's why she's here. To really tell her story, but I wanted to just kind of share a little bit about how I know Kira, um, and 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 really start the conversation about her journey and just stepping into her power more. So, welcome Kira to my show.
1: Thanks, Ann. I'm so happy to be here with you. This is great.
0: Yeah, and Kira, by the way, is in Canada, so we got two continents. Woo-hoo. <laughs> And we're doing this during that quarantine, our quarantine time. So if the internet goes up and down, just bear with us. It's the process. It's the journey we're all on. So Kira, I wanted to start with just, it was a question I've never asked you actually, when it came to that retreat and kind of, um, why did you, why did you just decide to go on the retreat? Like what was calling to you at that time?
1: Good question. Um, I don't know if this sounds however it sounds maybe flaky or some people may or may not be able to relate to this but i I really do make a lot of decisions based on intuition, and so if something you know comes on my path or an opportunity comes up, and especially if it's something that feels like very serendipitous or like a synchronicity kind of occurrence, then I'll usually get curious with it and explore it, and I remember meeting you when we did a race it was like a a, through that international group we had all done this big um, group relay and I had just moved to Rio de Janeiro to do uh, an assignment for this corporation I was working with for a few months and so I was definitely eager one to build community and two you and I had exchanged information or you'd gotten my information somehow and you just randomly reached out to me and, and extended this invite and I remember thinking like yeah this sounds, it, my, my first in, instinctual kind of response was like, yeah, I'm in. And so I, I like to follow that, right? If it feels easeful and it feels like this is what I need and what I want, then yeah, I just went for it. And um, I love hiking. I love moving my body. I love being outside. I love travel, of course. That's why I accepted a position in Rio de Janeiro. And so the opportunity to get out of the city was a big part of it. And then also, um, I hadn't done a lot of stuff in women's groups or just with women. And I had for about four to five months leading up to that point had really kind of stepped away from dating at that point in my life and was trying to like connect more with my feminine self. So it just seemed like, you know, like that synchronistic kind of invitation. Ooh.
0: Well, I will tell you my audience probably will resonate with following your intuition for sure. Mm -hmm. Because I am all about that. That's just like true power right there. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about, now I've heard this story, but um, obviously those listening haven't like, what did you, what happened for you during that retreat?
1: Yeah. So again, like those few, I mean, this is just some context, but the few months before um, going to Brazil, like I said, I had kind of started to make some agreements with myself that I wanted to just kind of like start to tweak some of my normal behaviors in my life because I was feeling like something was off inside. And like, maybe I think that was when I was starting to realize like that I was having some patterns that weren't serving me. Like it wasn't, the outside world that was doing something to me, it was maybe how I was making my choices that needed to be different because I was, you know, butting my head up against a few different, like, personal issues over and over again. And so that's the context. And so on the retreat, when I went, I knew that, you know, there were some tender places inside of me that I had been trying to figure out. And then when we did the long, Hike, and I remember it was kind of like a stormy weather, and there was a lot of like vulnerable sharing in between the women, and I just could feel my um my emotions really coming out to the surface. And then you guided us. Then the next morning, you had you had a little yoga practice that you guided us through, and then you did this guided meditation, and it just literally felt like I just got cracked open. Like I think the combination of getting to know the women before and creating that, you know, knowing that it was a safe space and also like just how emotional I felt and then being guided. And obviously I must've been able to surrender during that meditation somehow. And I just remember totally all of this emotion, just like coming out. It was like, I had all this stuff going inside and I hadn't really been expressing it. I think I was containing and containing and containing Mm -hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah I mean it was just it literally is like you get cracked open a little bit and yeah. just give yourself permission to just fall my face off essentially and mm-hmm. feel safe and also be in an environment where it was like encouraged almost
0: mm-hmm. beautiful beautiful and then what steps did you take after that like what what yeah just kind of what was your journey your sure. river your flow it was- so after that
1: is when I started meditating so it was like okay you know it wasn't that i- w- wasn't emotional, it's that I didn't know how to deal with my emotions, mm-hmm. and so that's when I started um following one of my main meditation teachers who like I've been loyal to her since then. Actually, one of the women on the retreat told me about her. her name's Kara Brock, and so I started literally that very next day meditating, trying to meditate every morning before I was going into the office, and then also journaling about. The experience. And I mean, (laughs) I have all these journals, and that particular one I I know it would be almost terrifying to look back at because I think I just was divulging so much, like just you know, rinsing of so much of my my emotional landscape into those pages. And um, so yeah, getting into meditation, um really finding a refuge in being present and being okay with where I was. I I think that I was in some emotional distress that I A hadn't been tending to and B was kind of trying to run away from um by, you know, doing whatever distracted behaviors. Um and so yeah, just just being with myself and being a lot connected and okay, just you know, having that safe refuge within myself and not needing to control anything in the outside as much.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. I was gonna say when you think about this idea of being in your power, what does that mean for you now compared to back then?
1: <laughs> well, it's funny because like that it's so it's been a couple of years and I've had some like huge ups and downs since then. Like the hardest year probably of my life happened last year. Uh well, the end of twenty um 18 in the beginning of 2019 and so uh, when I try to remember what I was like before it's almost like she's so it she seems like she's a different person or it's almost hard to to recall but I think standing in my power um I I think through all of this like you know this these cycles that I've gone through is like really embracing who I am like I I think I went into a place where I investigated all parts of myself the good the bad the ugly and I I think I started hurting myself with some of the like maybe more negative sides like we all have a shadow side we all have you know when things that we might do or say when we're Hurting or stressed out, or you know, going through trauma or whatever. And so, I, I think now I've come onto the other side where I've gone through a, a period of just yeah, embracing all parts of myself and accepting who I am and showing up way more authentically. Like yesterday, I hosted a yoga session, and the intention that I offered to the group was free to be me. And mm-hmm. I just talked a little bit about you know, I provided an anecdote of my own experience of really, you know, we all have an authentic self and sometimes somewhere along the way it gets lost or we get disconnected from it. And our authentic self is usually not anything to do with our external identifiers. It's like, who are you in your spirit? You know, are you like strong and unwavering like a, like a tree in a storm? Or are you like more like an ebb and flow, like a wave, or are you more like a little pack of fireflies like play you know play fighting and bopping and weaving which by the way is probably what my spirit (laughs) would look like (laughs) um and yeah so standing in my power is just like getting back to like who I really am and just embracing it and Mm -hmm. showing up in the world as that instead of you know trying to be something else or trying to be what other people might want or seeing things through a lens of fear.
0: Yep. Yeah. Beautiful. You've come to this, this kind of place um, or have arrived here through what I'm going to call using Elizabeth Gilbert's journey, eat, pray, love. Um, I mean, from a whole change in job to traveling to stepping into um, some really deep relationships and hard relationships to really look at yourself. Can you speak a little bit about the journey? And I know for everyone, it's going to be different. And this was absolutely you chose. Yep. Yeah. Um,
1: I I think my journey has been following my heart and it's not easy to follow your heart.
0: Why is that for you?
1: Um, because to well for me to follow my heart meant I had to uh release a bunch of these anchors that I had in my life and a few relationships, so I had to I knew I wanted to go explore the world and connect with myself on a level that I wasn't able to do in my you know usual comfort zone with my usual community in my usual apartment and my usual job and so for me I needed to well I made the decision to sell my place I was living in and um, I there was an opportunity to actually uh, volunteer to get um, packaged out or laid off from this company that I was working with while I was in Brazil because they actually sold the, the business in Canada where I was permanent a permanent employee with and you know I had pets so I wanted to follow my heart. I wanted to go travel, but you can't fit cats in a backpack. <laughs> so I had to make that choice. To oh, to you can. <laughs> no, I mean, you I can. But, but yeah. To... <laughs> um, yeah, so it was, it was, uh, yeah, kind of, it felt like a discarding or a running away at the time. And potentially some of the, some of it was because. I had kind of closed, I had realized that I wanted something differently, and then I just went full steam ahead to mm-hmm. to try and do it
0: mm-hmm.
1: um what was your question what oh, is just your eat
0: play love journey you know and oh yeah, you, I mean, you left the corporate world that you had that you had built upon because from what I remember it doesn't it didn't resonate with you anymore,
1: yeah, yeah, you know? and it just didn't hard feel hard like, like enough, it. you know mm-hmm. um and Like the relationships that I was pursuing didn't feel like enough at that time, making those choices as well. It was like, I'm not feeding my soul in the way that it wants to be fed. And I don't know what it is, but I just need to go and go out there in the world and and be free. I felt really anchored by a lot of responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um yeah so what I did is yeah sold my place sold everything my my friend Janice calls it you know Marie Marie Kondo in my life <laughs> it just was like giving everything away <laughs> I was like yeah no go ahead like take it all. <laughs> and uh so at first I went over to Asia and I, I spent most of the time in India I was there for four months um and I was literally training and busing around I, I saw eight different states and explored some of Delhi territory by yeah, train and, and bus, mostly. I think I took two flights in that four months. So that was just such a gift to myself to have that time to think and just observe something so completely different outside of myself. Um, And I did a huge trek in Nepal, which is called the Annapurna circuit, which was one of the most outstanding experiences I've had it was like, you know, you're, you're hiking around these three Annapurna mountains, and it's a circuit so you're not you do reach some high altitudes you do climb high at some points but it's not as it's not as hard as some mm-hmm. really tall hikes mm-hmm. it's more like you're just walking through a lot of different diversity in religion and nature and landscapes and that in itself is like a giant moving meditation for about 16 days i was walking on the anniversary circuit cool. yeah
0: nice. it
1: was cool and then i uh, came back and Spent three months in my hometown. I grew up in a really unique part of Canada. It's very remote. It's on the border of Alaska and far northwest British Columbia.
0: It's got like a population of 300.
1: Yeah, (laughs) 400-ish people. My parents have always lived there. So yeah, came back to Calgary, like flew back to Calgary, picked up my car, drove the two days to my hometown and spent three months there. And, yeah, that in itself was just such a nice, like, kind of soulful experience, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, actually, literally the day I got there, I ended up meeting someone who randomly or serendipitously was working in the town. And we got into a relationship, which was quite a trying um, Mm -hmm. part of of my journey.
0: Lots of growth.
1: Lots of growth. And, you know, I, I, I go back and forth between like, was that all a mistake or was it like, you know, a case of like when the, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and this, you know, force of a man came into my life and I learned a lot in that relationship and a lot about what I'm not willing, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: where I'm not willing to go, what I'm, what kind of relationship I'm, 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 what type of relationship I'm actually not up for
0: yep I and think sometimes on the journey, you have to almost give up your power to realize w- how to take it back. Does that yeah. make sense? I'm like consciously giving it up, thinking you have the power and then realizing actually, I'm gonna take that back, and I'm gonna always have it Does exactly
1: yeah yep yeah. yeah i I think i mean a big part of what I haven't mentioned is that I had a head injury um Shortly after that initial uh women's retreat with you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so I had a severe concussion and a, and a uh, brain bleed called a subarachnoid hemorrhage. And I mean, I'm smiling now just because again, it's like I can't believe that all happened. Mm-hmm. So that was also a big catalyst for you know, it's like I knew something was off, and then when I had the the brain injury, and I was ended up being off work for a few months and. That was the first kind of huge chunk of time I had by, to myself without having, you know, my corporate entity and that, that attachment in, involved in my life. That was kind of a big catalyst for, okay, something going on here I need to tend to inside my heart.
0: Mm-hmm. What I loved about that, because of course I knew about it, um, was it provided you the space. It's kind of like how I see this like self-isolation quarantine right now. It's like putting us in our safe space in our homes to give us the opportunity if we choose to do inner work. And Mm -hmm. you had this opportunity where you were getting paid and like had to be in a safe space. I mean, you couldn't, if I remember correctly, you couldn't look at phones, you couldn't read anything. No screens. No screens. Like we would have to just get on a little call, but you're like, I can't really look at the screen. Yeah, like (laughs) let's send audios. Yeah, no no video, um, no pictures. Uh, but it really it helped you fully detach from that kind of the, that stimulation to go in and inward and feel. And exactly. it was like, in some ways, as much as it was painful. And I, I, I looked at it and I don't know if you looked at it this way. It was a gift.
1: It was a gift. It was time and space. It It, it was an excuse to take a break from normal life, just similar to what's happening right now with This Mm -hmm. pandemic. It's like you don't have these I didn't have these obligations. Yep. And the amazing thing about mindfulness and meditation, which of course I was doing a lot. I mean, I was I joked with this woman I met in India because I was like, am I enlightened? (laughs) You know, I've had all these, you know, epiphany feelings where I'm so present sometimes and I really feel liberated from some a lot of my suffering in moments. And I explained to her that how much I was meditating in the bathtub when I first had my head injury. And that was really where, you know, these shifts were starting to happen. And she's like, that she was like, no, you became enlightened in your bathtub in Canada. It had nothing to do with you coming to India because while I was in India, I did an 11 day silent insight meditation course, which I hardest thing I've ever done in my life, but highly recommend to anyone. Again, if you want to take a break from your life and the the reason it's so powerful is yeah you're spending time with yourself but there's no you're not allowed to have any distractions so you're not on screens you don't even you're not even allowed to have like a writing utensils or paper and or anything like that you're just totally with yourself and that is what happens when you're you know pursuing meditation and mindfulness you're not in that distracted place and then your senses actually open up
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So much more, and I remember because I had those, you know, three or four months where I wasn't on screens when I was first healing. Um, in 2017, the first time I went out for a bike ride and looked at the Rocky Mountains, it was like, oh, I can't believe how pristine and clear everything looks. It was like I was seeing the mountains for the first time. It was like I was having a, a rebirth again, mm-hmm. and. Yeah. So if there's any like little nuggets of inspiration for people to go try meditation, or you know, even just like be curious about a practice, it's it's that opportunity to kind of enliven your senses.
0: What I also love about what happened with your head injury is, um, I don't. I imagine at least most of the time you didn't step into victim, like oh poor me, versus you stepped into empowering yourself. Like how can I best use this time. To support myself versus sitting in this. Oh, I've got this head injury. It's miserable. I can't read a screen. I can't connect with any anyone. My life is miserable. I think some people feel that way now, going through this kind of self isolation, quarantine, or even social distancing. It's like life is could be terrible, and it's so hard. Yeah, my kids are at home. I have to work full time. I also have to teach them. I instead of looking at the gift that is been being given to you. Does that make sense? and how absolutely when you and that's also taking your power back and going wait I can control this this situation the box I'm in I can do whatever I want in the box you know and I always think about Nelson Nelson Mandela's story 27 years in prison and he you know in the end he chose not to be the victim of it yeah
1: yeah I remember when the When I first had the injury, because I didn't, I was in Brazil when it happened and they were the doctor at the private clinic was really concerned with, of course, stopping the brain bleed. And there was no discussion about a concussion or rehab or post-trauma stress or emotional change from having a head injury. And so I really, at first, because I didn't understand and I wasn't getting enough guidance or asking the right questions, I, I was really thinking I was just gonna go back to normal life. And then when I came back to Calgary and talked to my doctor, I, I tried to go back to work and I remember feeling completely off and negative, which is so not me My by nature, I'm very optimistic. And I was just like, I can't do this. And I went to my doctor and she was like, you have a total, like a, you had a very serious head injury and you've got a, a major concussion. So just go home for four months minimum and don't look at screens and just heal and you know, do this concussion physio and et cetera. And then at that moment, I gave myself permission to surrender. But I mean, that's the biggest part. Like we are our own worst. Like we create our own resistance and being able to surrender over and over again to our new realities is a huge challenge. And I think I really empathize with a lot of people that are probably going through that with this pandemic is, you know, you, we, sometimes we ask for catalysts for change, And sometimes they're just forced on us and then we really have to, you know, pull up our resiliency Mm -hmm. and resourcefulness on how to cope. Right. Mm -hmm. So I I would say, yeah, I did a good job not being a victim then. However, (laughs) I did go through a phase last year when I left that relationship that I was in and had just done all of this really intense personal development work on, on Vancouver Island. And then a, a, something else happened in my personal life. That's pretty like close to my heart. And I, it just felt like I remember for a few months feeling a bit victimy and like, why can I, can't, can't I get a break? Yep. Yep. And yep. you remember that? Remember that I, I said totally to you, like, remember that. remember that year I cried and you were there every day and we talked? Like, I'm yep. pretty sure yep. we talked for yep. hours most days. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, I want my old life, I, you know, going back and forth. Like, I want my old life back or I'm beating myself up for these discoveries I've made in this personal development work or, you know, and a lot of it was probably just grieving that relationship, you know, what it, I thought it was going to be and then having to leave it. I also was, By the way, kind of stranded on Vancouver Island, (laughs) I had my car, but I just left this relationship, and it was really intense. And
0: yeah, yep, yep. So we learn a lot in the hard times. It's
1: not just been totally easy.
0: (laughs) And here's the thing: it's not like you're you're never going to step back into that drama triangle into that victim mentality. The more that we do this work and we have the tools, the more that we can go. Wait, let me step back into my power. You just saw me nine months ago go through a, a hard ending of a relationship and how long did I stay also in victim you know and part of it was grieving and part of it was the I have to go through the process of feeling the hatred so I could get to the to the forgiveness part and get it all out of my system um so we're human that's the beautiful thing and this work it's not like a light switch it's like once you know it it's just you switch switch on and you're good to go it's a constant process in evolution. And I wouldn't say that I'm always in my power. I'm in my power the more that I'm aware and conscious, the more that I start shifting my perspective and get outside of the drama triangle or outside of my own prison that I put myself in. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And for me, the biggest, you know, another big catalyst for change and how why I think I'm so much more stable now I'm the most stable I've been in years I'd say like I just feel I'm I'm at the right balance between you know I tend to my emotional interior and I'm participating in the external world because for a while I was kind of totally in the inside and in my head and mm-hmm. yep in that going between embodiment and feeling everything, but also, you know, indulging in some of the thinking. And now I'm I'm quite balanced. And I did a yoga teacher training in September in Guatemala. And, you know, went into it thinking like, yeah, I might want to teach. And then of course you get into the training and it's like, oh my gosh, this is totally nerve wracking because it's so hard. And, you know, I have so much respect for teachers now that I know how intense it is to be able to cue and learn the body, and be able to provide you know supportive assists and do all the breath work. Not to mention all of this crazy Sanskrit vocabulary that you yes. <laughs> learn in all of the history. And after that training, I started teaching. You know, right away, like the day after or two days after the training, I went back to Antigua and was staying in a hostel, and these German girls asked me to give them a class. And the one ended up having, it was, she's new to yoga and, you know, I, I like to incorporate, I like to try a holistic practice. So not just the asana or the postures, but you know, some, some guided meditation and some breath and usually some sort of like encouragement of self-inquiry either through like creating a theme or sharing something about myself and my own journey. And she had this moment at the end where she was just like, I'm really emotional. And I don't know what this is. And I just remember my heart just flooding with love. And I was so present. It was like, I was just like squarely in loving and oneness. And I don't, again, I don't know how that sounds, but it's like, I have like goosebumps just thinking about it. And so since then, you know, I've been trying to teach yoga as much as possible. And I'm now, um, you know, doing some stuff online. Mm -hmm. But it it really is that giving back, like being in a, keep getting healthy and now being in a place where I'm healthy enough to give back Mm -hmm. to others that I I think is why I'm really in my power too.
0: What's beautiful about that story is that it sounds like you supported her with connecting to her authentic self. And that's a really powerful place. And of course, a lot of emotion comes up because it's like, wow, when you kind of realize you've come home, even if you just get a taste of home and then it goes Mm -hmm. away. It's so, because I felt that at the retreat, you know, that I did for you. And I feel that a lot with, with a lot of my work with my clients, when they really step into their authenticity. It's like, holy crap it just feels like my heart feels so open it is so amazing and it's unbelievable it's because you're connected now with them energetically because they're so open even if it's just for that few minutes it's so beautiful
1: and that's what you provided for me in that retreat it was that space Mm -hmm. and that you know you facilitated this experience and of course it's the student too who. is in the right place in the right time again I believe in that serendipity or that synchronicity of of energies and and relationships and people meeting and and different things like that and it's it's really amazing to help people plant those seeds
0: Mm -hmm. it is um something that might resonate with people is your journey to mm, I'm going to say what what you're what you're meant to do so finding that like, the purpose of your why. Because you I know you've been exploring it and for a while there you mm-hmm. really like I just want it. <laughs> you know? And I actually have clients that go through this, right? Um I have many clients that just like want their why. And I think part of it is we want our we want our identity. We want something to identify with or how we will identify ourselves into the outer world. Brilliant. But um, I know you're still in that process of exploring it and kind of getting closer and closer. So, how do you feel now, especially when it, we talk about being in your power and in your truth, compared to like those moments when you were like, this sucks? I, why can't I find it? What's wrong with me?
1: For sure. I, I mean, I have a lot of compassion, I'd say, towards myself because although. I was judging myself as spinning my wheels, and probably to people on the outside, they're just like, "Oh my gosh, you change your mind like a gorilla swinging (laughs) all over the place." I I have compassion for myself because I was being curious. I was Mm -hmm. getting really curious. I was looking around the world and reaching out. You know, I was. I volunteered in a few. Like, I volunteered in India. I volunteered in Guatemala. To see, you know, what fits there. I had conversations with someone in the UN in, in Africa, thinking maybe that's something I want to look at there. Talking to other people about their experiences working for the UN, it's like, do I want to go back to corporate? You know, is it too bureaucratic? Is that really going to be the change that I want to be part of? Dabbled back into looking, in, you know, into an old career that's more aligned with what I used to do. Um. And yeah, I, I just have compassion. I think if you don't, for me, I need to go and see if it's something I don't want. So I would have that satisfied or else I might always be wondering. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, And then now, I mean, everyone always says, like everything you read about like finding your true, you know, finding your passion is about using your true nature. And so because I was a bit separated from, because I went through some dark times, like my true nature is being very light and being, uh, you know, like a ball of energy and being really optimistic and encouraging. And I think in those times where I was feeling really low and disconnected from myself, maybe that's when I was the hardest on myself Mm -hmm. because I wasn't, you know, in alignment. And now that I'm, you know, back, back, the new back. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, I think... You know, I just kind of launched this little business called, and I, the name will probably change, but I just named it community wellness with Kira and what it is, is providing meditation and yoga and some wellness tools. So what I want to do is take like everything that I learned in all this, you know, growth and journeying and professional development that I paid a lot of money for from coaching to group work. Um, to, you know, really extensive uh, programs on self-exploration and conflict resolution and, and conscious communications and also my yoga teacher training and all the meditation courses and stuff I've done. I kind of want to distill it down and make it accessible for the general public and especially for any like marginalized groups or groups that might not otherwise be able to afford it or get access to it mm-hmm. so yeah so I've just kind of started this little I just put like a Facebook business page together and have started running some for the moment free sessions online and just to starting you to connect my
0: to donate to well
1: also yes yeah, so the I mean I have I love giving back so I'm, I'm really encouraging people to If it's within their means, of course, to donate even any amount to a local charity in their area, and so we have this really awesome comprehensive list of charities um, in Calgary, which I've I provide in the in the invitations to say like here I'll make it easy here's the list, and a few people have donated, and it's really awesome. And my long term plan, or what I love to do, I've got to do some market research is. Find a way to create this little, a little wellness entity that's a nonprofit and see if I can get it uh, like services subsidized by the government or or investors and to be able to provide, put on programs for groups.
0: Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. What I love about it is that I think when you decide to surrender and allow yourself to dabble in so many different um areas in essence then you expand your mind to what's possible we sometimes get so narrow to what's out there is only possible and that's not true what's the main trend or this is how it should be done and we don't give ourselves an opportunity to see. wait i could do something differently i think for two reasons we well maybe three one we're looking for an identity we want to identify with something, and we want to see it in the mirror. So we want to see someone else in that that position or space, and kind of be like that. To um, we want to belong, and so what's already out there created in whatever space? There's a lot of maybe community or connection, or um, what's the word like following? That is, oh, I'm going to follow the herd because I want to belong, and then two, we do it out of pure survival. Like we know well, that there's proof that that works. So I should do it like that. So I should be the teacher or I should be the lawyer. or I should be, I should be a yoga teacher like this versus allowing ourselves to think outside the box and do it differently and creating something so magnificent and then having people come along and join us. And so we have our community, we belong, et cetera. Um, yeah. It can be very scary, but it's more powerful. And I think about Martin Luther King. I mean, he just, he just kind of and he just kind of stood there, you know, with such a strong message. And then people just kind of came in, you know. And he had this dream, which is phenomenal in terms of even that speech and how he wrote it and whatnot. And yeah. then what happened? What great? What was great? Um, after his assassination, was that people continued doing it? It didn't stop with him because it wasn't about him. And so, even the work that you're doing, it's not about you. You are the conduit, you know you're, you're the the guide. And just like me is I don't look at myself as a healer. I look at myself as let me help you facilitate your healing. You're the healer.
1: Yeah. It's like being a connector.
0: Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep.
1: And I think, you know, speaking of Martin Luther King, like that's such a great example of, and I've got friends right now who are getting into coaching and, you know, it's like, How do I, you know, build my business, and how do I get audiences? And like the biggest thing is just be. There's going to be an audience for whoever you are. Be your most authentic self. You know, really understand yourself. Stay true to your message, Mm -hmm. and then your following will come. Right. Yep. Trying to be something for everybody is what doesn't work because then you dilute what you potentially can dilute what you're trying to go for. And okay. it's not as authentic. Yep.
0: I know I struggled with that myself and partly because I wanted to make such a big impact that I can, it's like, I want to work with everybody. And then I really struggled with at first working with women, even though I am a woman because I never fully stepped into my own feminine. Um, and I went with what was comfortable. I worked mostly my career with men not as a coach but just in general and in some ways as a coach because working in my old career in nonprofits and supporting uh nonprofit executives with fundraising i was working primarily with men and coaching them through the the process in essence um and so i you know i had to as i stepped back into my most authentic self of course i'm a woman but there's a part of me there's like this feminine energy within me That needed to come out and that's is why for me i resonate with women Mm -hmm. and generally women within you know 10 to 15 years younger than me and 10 to 15 years older than me like in a 30 i mean around the same but sometimes i have a little bit more and a little bit less and that i would say that are also already into this work in terms of mindfulness meditation so those people that are new to it I have no interest in it. They're not going to resonate with me and I'm not going to try yeah. to convince them because they're on their own journey. And I want to respect that, you know, I mean, people that were at that retreat, not all of them had um, took the path that you took and that is okay. Mm-hmm. They will take it when they're ready or they may never take it. Whatever their journey is, it's their journey. Yeah. Honor it, that.
1: It's interesting. You talk about the the feminine energy because when I did, You know, I I ended up doing two 26-day programs on Vancouver Island, those personal development programs I took, which, by the way, don't recommend. It was really intense doing two in a row Um, because you're really, like, cracking into your psyche. And then you have – the thing is about doing this work is then you have to participate back in normal life. You have to integrate it. The integration can be very tricky because you just saw and done so much and lived in that really emotional place, and then you come back outside and it's kind of like I'm a foreigner here, yep. uh, in my own backyard. Um, but something I I found, and you know, speaking about you know working with men and being in um, a working environment, is I really had this realization in that in the first program I did uh, how hard I had become. Like I, I felt like I had really been living in like a masculine mm-hmm. energy, mm-hmm. which I, I think, even if it's not being pushed on you because of a corporate environment, I, I think as women sometimes we just put the expectation on ourselves to show up the same as men.
0: Well, it's about survival, or, in essence, and yeah. and in an unconscious or subconscious way. I mean. I didn't realize how I stepped into that. Now, I also have a lineage of it. You know, I have a grandmother that was an entrepreneur, had to play by the you know, masculine rules. A mother who's an entrepreneur, an older sister who's an entrepreneur. So um, I also, you know, stepped into that role without realizing it. And no, no blame or fault of their own. I mean, I think about the journey my grandmother went on just to, just to have a business. She couldn't be the business owner when she started the business. My grandfather had to be the owner. And she had to be the, considered the secretary. She couldn't be the CEO or president wow. at that time. You know, so she had to play by the, those rules and realizing that, that you know, when you talk about epigenetics, I, that was ingrained in me and and realizing that my journey was, I was so out of balance with my masculine and feminine energy because we have both. Oh, yeah. Bring the feminine um, in, you know? And this, again, is why, for me i feel so called to work with women not necessarily in the same essence that they have to bring their their feminine in but i also think that part of this work of even doing your um learning how to uh have a healthy relationship with your emotions that's a feminine work it's a feminine energy men can also have a healthy relationship they need to balance their own feminine side yep. as well
1: and we have both you know energies in us masculine feminine and yeah, I've I've really enjoyed coming, like honoring and kind of honing more of my feminine side in the last couple of years and just being in my sensuality more. Yeah. 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 I mean, I still, you know, I grew up as a tomboy. I still ha- have probably a bit more masculine energy in me. And I, I just find I can more easily kind of sway between the two and yeah, it's cool.
0: It's really cool. So before we end, I would love um, you and I have had similar stories in that. I mean, I sold all my stuff. I sold my car, got rid of my stuff, packed two bags and brought my Labrador down to Brazil and started a whole new life. Um, Was really called again, following my intuition, not understanding entirely why. And I've stayed in this country versus you traveled and did a bunch of different things. Um, but that's not always gonna be the case for most people. So they might be a mom, they might be or they could be a husband as well, they could have kids, they could have um, they might not have the resources to go and, and travel to go and find themselves. But what can you recommend? And you might not have anything, so I'm gonna throw it out there. Is there something sure. you can recommend? And I think I might know what you're gonna say, because you've said it a couple of times, for people to start really when I think about being in your power, it's about being in your truth, but most people don't know what that is like well this this is this is what I've been told is true for me, based on society, family, what I chose to believe as a child, about how the world worked and my role in the world. so what would you suggest they could start doing um, to help them start to find out who their what their truth is and standing in that
1: yeah, great question um i don't follow a lot of poetry but there's this the poet Rumi has this quote and i don't remember it word for word but it's something it's a short little blurb that's something like how often do you make regular visits to yourself and i i would say that would be you know a big suggestion is just start getting curious with yourself maybe maybe you do 5 minutes of mindfulness meditation in in the mornings or before bed um or maybe or maybe just take some time to actually breathe and you know consciously it's just constantly constant consciously making a visit to yourself and and checking in and see what comes up and write it down like journaling yep
0: beautiful beautiful well thank you kira thanks for being a part of my show and for sharing a part of your story. With, and thank you
1: so much. This is really heartfelt and yeah, so amazing to connect this way.
0: Yeah, I know a lot of people will resonate and will be inspired and also I think some people feel like, oh my god, I feel like that and they won't they'll feel like okay, I'm normal because we are normal. We're all humans. Um and we don't you're not no one none of us are going through this alone. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: thank you so much for sharing your story.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kira, and I hope for some of you that it really resonated with you, just bits and pieces of it. And as I said at the beginning, there's not really one way to do this, so you don't need to go on this big, massive journey and trip in order to make changes in your life, in order to transform your life. You can do it from your own home, from the space that you're in. You just need to shift your environment around. You need to try new things, step out of your comfort zone a little bit. OK, before we wrap up, I want to leave you with a one reflective question for you to connect with yourself on a deeper level when it came to this kind of conversation I had with Kira. And the reflective question is, I want you to think about, have you been getting any pains lately? This is a new kind of word that I've been using through another program that I'm doing, where it's that you're kind of feeling something like Kira said, like, I just felt something needed to shift in my life, but I didn't know what it, what it was. Are you getting that? Are you getting that little feeling like, wow, something doesn't feel right or something doesn't feel in alignment or like, I don't know, I just, something feels off. So it's not bad if it feels off, by the way. It's something, it's something pinging you. It's something saying, hey, pay attention here. Okay. So I want you to just reflect on that question and just go inward and see for yourself. Take some time, maybe even journal about it. It's just a great opportunity to learn about yourself. So this podcast is a gift, and it's in the spirit of a gift. So if you're interested in supporting this work, please use the link in the show notes to make a contribution. If you'd like to support this podcast on a regular basis, you can also use uh, my Patreon account. So there's a one-time gift or a recurring gift. No matter what you give, even if it's zero, you're all worthy of receiving this message. Don't feel guilty if you can't give anything, but if you can give, then give in support as well. All is welcome. So that's it for today's episode. Remember the African word that I absolutely love, Ubuntu. I am because we are. Bye-bye. Beijos.